I think the hardest thing is the start because, and, and you know, I, I still, you know, I think, and I'm understanding it really. Well, you know, we're all different. We've all got quirks. We've all got, you know, some people, my wife puts the tins in the cupboard and has to have the labels all facing out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sounds like you've got a <laughs> to, good woman there to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, that's mad. But coming from me, that's not really a fact. Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Leighton. On this episode, we speak to Ashley Braunton. Yes, Ashley Braunton, from Braunton, who surfs in Saunton. Yeah, there is definitely a limerick there. <laughs> there, is, there is a good limerick, if you make you. Yeah, yeah good, can, good long border. Very good long border. Yeah, back, and back competing again. Yeah, back competing. Really good story that, you know, he surfed, competed, and then stopped for a long time, and yeah. is now back competing again. Uh, really interesting. Talks about everything from his competing to his mental health to how and why things happened in his life is uh yeah quite an interesting guy actually Lovely guy starting a consultancy brand would you call it brand brand role i don't know he's company. uh yeah company he's yeah it's something he's looking into that he talks about on this a bit um you know where he'll give people pointers on how to become a better surfer a better longboarder we definitely need that we definitely need that. <laughs> He's got his first two uh, customers. Yeah. He'll be like that. I ain't got enough time for you two, mate. This will be a full-time job. <laughs> You're doing so many things wrong. But the, the good thing is, is because of who he is and competing and things like that, and, and the people that he knows and the kind of circles that he moves in, you know that the information you're getting is the right information. Like he said on that, you know, you, you put up a video of yourself surfing and you have 10 million people telling you, you know, what you're doing, wrong. you're doing wrong, yeah. who probably don't know what they're doing themselves. So it's uh, it'd be nice to actually get information from someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Before we get into this one, we've got to say thank you to today's sponsors who are Kosin. Kosin are a Southwest clothing brand. Yeah, we've got some t-shirts from them. Uh, my t-shirt that I got is called From the Deep. Uh, I've got it in grey. I really, really like their orange one. Yeah, that's the one on their website. And I have the Gentle Giant, because I'm a Gentle Giant. Yeah, really? (laughs) (laughs) Are yours blue? Yeah, mine's blue one. Really nice, really nice. Yeah, they're clothing. This is a stole of mine, actually, because I haven't seen it in ages. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, sorry, I was right then, randomly. <laughs> but yeah, their clothing and their ethos is really good. They're really nice quality t-shirts. All their packaging is recycled. Their t-shirts are made out of recyclable material, and they're just a good company. Go yeah, and check so- them out. And you know, you, we've got discount code for them, so you can get ten percent off anything you order from that. And that is UK Surf Ten. Yeah, they also help out local charities, like we've mentioned before. There's the Saint Ives skater charity that they donate to to help kids who can't afford skateboards buy skateboards and get into skateboarding yeah and through chatting to them i just think they're gonna go in a really good direction of the the plans they've got for their company i think they've got some good things coming oh and also they've got some really nice big woolly bobble hats oh i like a bobble hat i like a bobble hat winter's coming (laughs) <laughs> you don't even know what that means but no, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about I'm just saying what you said last time <laughs> so yeah on to uh, today's episode with Ashley Braunton don't forget listen to the end of the show and we will have discount codes for Northcore to get you 15% off and a discount code for the Logfin code here's Ashley my name's Ashley Braunton I'm 38 I'm from Braunton but born in, in Barnstable originally most of my family's grown up around here um, so yeah 
that's me really yeah so you're a longboarder aren't you Ashley and not just kind of any normal longboarder you you're doing competitions and doing really well recently as well aren't you yeah I'd uh yeah I mean nowadays are you allowed to give yourself a label I'm not sure we are but I predominantly <laughs> ride longboards although I grew up riding shortboards but yeah most of the time I ride longboards and I most of my competitive stuff's been done with longboards and I'm just yeah after quite a while out of the water I've just started doing a couple just to kind of see where I'm at really and and compared to where I think I would be we've had a couple of events and yeah yeah, I've done better than I'd expected which is good but yeah it's given me a sort of clear idea of where I need to be so that was my aim so you grew up riding shortboards was that right yeah kind of yeah yeah until I well short big short big shortboards that I didn't really although I lived through the sort of 90s shortboard era with the Kelly Slater low volume shortboards that I grew up surfing at Saunton so most of the time, <laughs> yeah, so most of the time, long boards. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> to be yeah. to be honest, if if I had the boards that I grew up surfing now, they'd be back in fashion. I think so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what this is? It reminds me actually. So my son is a, a skateboarder, and went to buy him some skateboard jeans. And baggy jeans are back in now, apparently. And I when didn't we think were looking at yeah, well, that means you're walking around when everyone else is wearing skinny jeans and you're wearing baggy jeans. No, I can't wear skinny jeans. My thighs would not allow it. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't wear drain pipes either. So no. I just uh... no, but, right. So this is the thing that made me feel really old. When we were looking online for the jeans that he wants, it said retro baggy jeans. Oh my god! <laughs> like retro? What? I was only wearing them last year. What's I, I can't even find baggy jeans anymore. But. You know, no, they're well, they're back I, in I, I, am, I am looking for a clothing sponsor. So if uh, there's a clothing sponsor out there that would like to give me some baggy jeans, I'm not going to complain. The baggy jeans, yeah. I'm going to dig my blue bolts out from somewhere. That was the ones that you used to have, wasn't it, yeah, in the 90s? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, so, well, where did it all start for you then? So you grew up in uh, in Braunton and started surfing as a kid? Yeah, I grew up in Barnstable, so just down the road, really. My dad always surfed, and obviously we being... How old were we been? I suppose when we were really sort of five or six, he probably threw us in in the summer. And then when we were a bit older, old enough to sort of badger him, to force him to take us, he gave in a few times. And uh, at Saunton, as you know, you've got the slipway and then you've got the end of the beach huts. And he used to sort of say, right, off you go, stay between those two points and I'll come and check on you every now and then. So uh, that, <laughs> that was what we did. And then when I was a bit older, I suppose early teens I used to badger him to, to take me surfing he'd just drop me down the beach and come back hours later and I'd still be in and then when I yeah I suppose mid-teens uh, there were I think in my school there were about 1200 pupils and there were four of us that surfed which well d- uh, down that way as well in Devon in God, you did. yeah yeah, yeah. So about so less than 10 miles from the beach that's mad four that surfed yeah that is crazy you thought it'd be more than that wouldn't it I mean I, I went to school with people that had never been to the beach what <laughs> what's yeah. wrong with them <laughs> yeah and so we used to get the bus to the beach and, and things like that and hitch and blag lifts and get lifts with bin men and whoever would give us a lift really teachers used to come past like I say bin in the back of bin lorries and anything really um, <laughs> and then we you know then we if we couldn't get a lift we'd once we were at Saunton if we were going to go to Croydon or Partsport we'd just walk with, with the board yeah 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 we gear yeah Christ that's bad <laughs> yeah. enough you go surfing at Saunton you come out and the tide's right out and you look at that walk back after a session you just think oh god <laughs> yeah I, I mean i remember one day surfing saunton for about three hours one morning and the wind the swell was due to pick up but the wind was due to go southerly 
and I walked around to Croyd and it was pumping, but you, you could see that wind was just starting to, to make it a bit ragged. So I just carried on walking and walked to Puttsburgh and waited for the tires to come up, surf there for a few hours and then walked back to Down End to get the bus home. <laughs> that's just, that's dedication for you, isn't it? You know, that's I fitness. That's the thing. None of us would. It's bad enough that walk up the beach, as I was just saying, you know, it's bad it? enough to drive. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, for us, yeah. So you started at a young age, and then you went on to competitive longboarding. Is that right? Um, yeah, not yeah, not not intentionally. I never really thought about doing contests. It wasn't something that I planned to do. The so the the Jesus Surf Classic, which I'm going to the longboard event this weekend at Polzeth, uh, that Christian Surfers run. They ran the shortboard, well, most of the shortboard event last weekend at Croyd. That's that's I, oh, Phil will I have to forgive myself to fill really but uh, I think it's about 20, at least 20 years so that was always on at Croyd um, my mate wanted to do it so we went into that uh, I think that was when I was in the under 14s so I was 13 or 14 then did that didn't do particularly well but we had a good laugh so from then on I did that and then some guys that I surfed with got involved with the longboard club at Saunton now the Hot Doggers Surf Club that sort of started to take off a bit as the longboard scene sort of grew again dad got some couple of boards from america through al brooks who had chapter at the time and had a go really and it just sort of grew from there so how long were you competing on that that first bit i know you said you weren't intentionally competing but how long was the period of you sort of entering competitions and seeing what what you could do and where you were at oh i had so i i probably competed sort of what you would call full-time from when I was about probably about 17 I guess and then I, I had a couple of years out so the the hot doggers league became actually it was bigger entry-wise than the, the British longboard union events it was really competitive and we had guys like Elliot Dudley, Ben Howarth, James Parry and Ben Skinner came up for all events things like that it was really competitive and then that Everyone sort of moved off and did their own thing and, and weren't always there. So so I had a couple of years out then, but I probably stopped doing any contests when I was around 30. And when you stopped doing contests, did you stop surfing altogether as well or did you just stop contests? No, I didn't do some, I did, you know, I didn't really sort of, I, I did definitely lost some motivation, possibly because those guys weren't competing as well. So uh, other things in life happen. And then then I got a proper job. And that proper That's job, never mate. good for a surfer. A proper uh, job. Honestly, I don't. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, <laughs> and then I was away. I was always away. So when I got back at weekends, I was I was just tired and wanted to spend time with family, friends. So I just got out of the routine really and I didn't have any motivation to get in. And then over time, that obviously had an effect on my my body. Um, and the stress of the, the job had an effect on my mind. And, and when I did try to surf, I could barely get to my feet because my back was so bad and, and things like that, really. So I just wasn't, I just, it just went out of my, out of my sort of conscious, really. Oh, right. So it, it was just uh, like the lack of surfing. That's what you used for your fitness, was it? Was surfing like before that? I was surfing every day possible, at least once. Yeah. 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 So that's a big So when that stops, yeah, that's it. You're a big change, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, especially if you were doing that since you were, well, almost like forever, really, since you were a kid. Yeah, you know, that, that's quite a, that's quite a massive shock to your system, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my now wife, 
and I went on holiday, our first proper holiday, and we went some. We went to Dominican, and we weren't going somewhere where there was waves. And that was she'll kill me. That was probably just after I was thirty, I guess. That was the first time I'd been abroad that wasn't a surf trip. Oh, my oh wow! God. Yeah. <laughs> so did did coming out of the water and stopping surfing? I know you said it's because of the job. Did that? Did coming out of the water affect your? physical and mental health more than the job affected your physical and mental health which so what i'm trying to say in a roundabout way which way round do you think it affected um, you most i think one kind of led to the other really i mean the obviously the downside of getting up at four or five o'clock on a monday morning and driving for eight to ten hours a day you know most days away from the sea meant that there wasn't the option to surf and that the effects of that on your body on your your hamstrings your back your glutes and everything else that that affects your back and your knees and then trying to eat healthy whilst on the road is i don't know how people do it unless you prepare all your meals before you go it, it's near on impossible and then yeah. added to that working in in a, in a sales environment it is very much a drinking culture yes um, right, meet- yeah. meetings are done in pubs in curry houses in wherever else you know where you go to a show or you have meetings and in the evening you go and you go and have a few beers with someone and it just becomes normal so all of a sudden you you're drinking something every night of the week yeah and that becomes normal so yeah and over what six just over six years i think um i went from 14 stone to 19.6. Wow, that's Bloody hell. Quite, yeah, yeah. All, all because of the job and being away from the sea. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's quite an achievement. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of stellar. That is a lot yeah. of stellar. <laughs> yeah. So did that itself become a problem then, the drinking and everything, or was that something? Um, that- yeah, I think the, the routine was the problem. It was, you know, it just becomes routine, and I like beer. I mean, I've got a beer in here now that's 0.0%, so it's very stronger than Carlsberg. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I've had one of those days where I feel like I want to have a beer after work, so that's what I'm having. But, yeah, yeah, it it just became routine, you know, and then you get home from being away all week, you haven't seen anyone, and everyone's going to the pub, so you go to the pub. Yeah. Um, You know, and and in that environment, you you know, there's for living in the Southwest, you're earning half-decent money, so you can afford to go to the pub or have a takeaway or do this or do that but at the same time i'm not i wasn't spending time with those friends who were going surfing because my time was so limited at home in your mind then when you when your lifestyle changes like that your mind doesn't realize that your body's changed and you still think you're at that that level of fitness oh i can still ride a surfboard i can i can still be as good as i uh yeah, as I, th- I was maybe maybe to some extent but i think for me it was when i when i was sort of surfing all the time if i didn't surf for a week, say, I felt it. Right. If I didn't surf for two weeks, I knew it 100%. So yeah. because I was sort of that paddle fit, I, I knew the effect it was it was going to have when I got back in the water. Um, and the couple of times I went back in the water, it was just demoralizing, really, to think how far away I was from where, where I had been and where I wanted to be, just just fitness-wise, really. Yeah, so that... That was quite shocking. Then that that surfed back. Then did that like how how did you change your life from that point? Then so I tried to surf a couple of times. Uh, the second time, as I say, my back was so bad that I could barely get to my feet. And I that was the day I sold every board I had, every wetsuit I had, everything I had to do with surfing. So oh my god! You didn't take that lightly then. No, 
No, yeah. I, I can be a bit reactive sometimes, but um, <laughs> that statement—that yeah. that statement's all you need to say. I, yeah. I can do it, so I sold everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we feel like that a lot of the times like, when you come out the water and you've had a bad session. Like, oh, this is ridiculous. Get rid of it. You know, I don't want to see yeah. it again. But I think it's more the more the yeah, the, just the the thought of how how can I ever, you know, how can I ever go surfing again and actually be happy with it yeah. yeah so yeah so that was sort of that and then and then i got married and we'd been trying for a baby for a while and i'd i'd already decided that if and when my wife got pregnant i the, the day i found out i would hand my notice in oh, um, that's nice. and I didn't have to hand my notice in because I got made redundant the week before I handed my notice in. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> oh right, so yeah. uh, that is kind of a blessing in disguise, I suppose. Because well, I got paid to leave. For a start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got paid to leave rather than leave with nothing. So I'm not. Yeah. Worried. So what what was the step then? What did you do after after you found out you're having a baby? You know, you just been paid to leave a job i i the, my only thought was get a job that's not stressful you know don't worry about the money just get a, a, a relatively normal job i had never hadn't even thought about it to be honest that much um i actually interviewed the week that i left for a sales role and when they described the job it was, it was for a friend actually and he, he described the job to me and um, didn't sound too bad and when we sat down on the interview and he described it in more detail i was like actually that's exactly what i'm trying to get away from they didn't offer me the job fortunately at the time and then I, I took a job working for a social housing organization and starting sort of the bottom of the rung really basically a glorified laborer and then I got a phone call to see if I wanted the sales role and uh, I was like no I'm right thanks um, yeah <laughs> but it was it, it was 37 hours a week yeah get home at by five o'clock every day I could you know so all of a sudden I had options again yeah, yeah. and is that is that when you decided to pick surfing back up then well, partly, partly at my wedding because um, I'll have to find the video and show it to you. But I, I had, I had five best men because my wife kept hassling me about best men, and I, I, I couldn't decide. So I had five, five best men. Yeah, <laughs> the speech must have been a nightmare. <laughs> no, it was amazing. You, you actually see the video. It was, it was unbelievable. They did. So my wife loves Disney. They rewrote a Disney song each, <laughs> and performed it, and performed it as a group. But, oh, that's cool. But they rewrote each song in a way that was relevant between them and myself. Oh, that's clever. Oh, right. Yeah, it was pretty pretty amazing, really. And, and I can imagine that being a, being a YouTube viral video. Uh, <laughs> the, the only thing is, I think the only copy of the video we've we had had a lot of background noise or something. So, But I will find it anyway and send it over. Um, yeah, definitely. And in there, there were a lot of references to... Uh, to getting back in the sea so that did get me thinking about it um with the change of jobs and things like that and um yeah and i just realized i needed to grow a pair really and um and and get back in the water one way or another somehow on something so yeah i, I was reading on your um blog before tonight that you said on that point when you were when you were getting married you were at quite a low point in your life yeah yeah was that was that something you you could expand on a bit of how bad things were or how bad you were feeling at the time i think yeah i mean it, it's difficult because obviously it wasn't a, a low point in many ways it was an amazing point um and I, and and a half of me was was really happy I, I had everything we had everything going for us you know and uh, everything was great but the other half of me 
was um, was in in that situation in a job where I was unhappy. Um, my employers knew I was unhappy. My friends knew I was unhappy, and there needed to be some some kind of change. And I just couldn't see where that was going to come from. Yeah, yeah. So I that kind of just built up, really. I think, and then. Um, it wasn't really, I don't think, until after sort of a bit of time after I left that I realised quite how bad it was, really. Yeah, it's it's something you can't see when you're in it yourself a lot of the time. No. Well, it came to a head probably, I, I can't remember exactly, probably about a year before I left the role that it came to a head. And um, my wife marched me, marched me to the GP. I sat there shaking and the GP just looked at me and was like, right, okay. We need to do something. But yeah, to, the, the main thing was actually just having a conversation about it and actually someone sitting there and going, yeah, you're not well. Um, yeah. So so it sort of all sort of stemmed from that really, that that relief of actually the next day waking up and going, well, okay, that's happened now. I can, I can try and sort of move on and at least discuss what's going on in my head do you think it was that point where your life turned around again i think that was probably a, a huge moment because i think without that happening I, I don't know where i mean yeah i don't know where it, we would have ended up or where i would have ended up um i'd read to think really i don't like to think too much about the uh you know things that yeah. i'd thought and things that i sort of how close i came but yeah, I mean, I was lucky. I, I, you know, had my wife there to basically slap me around the face, and, <laughs> in, you know, <laughs> yeah. in a way, and say, right, that's it, sort it out. Yeah. Which ultimately is what it takes sometimes. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so, and then that at least I could see when it came to when we did get married and I knew that I wasn't in a particular, I hadn't been in a particularly great place, I could see, I had clarity, you know, I knew that I was really happy in many ways, but I also knew that these things had to change. Yeah these are the things that are hanging on and making me unhappy. So these have got to change. And once that's changed, I can then move on to the next step, which is having more time to do the things that I want to be doing, not what someone else is expecting me to be doing. Yeah, definitely. And like the talking about it side, I, I, that's a thing that a lot of, especially I'm going to say a lot of men find difficult because we all know we've all got like wives and partners that can just chat and chat and chat you know but I know men find it especially difficult to like open up and start talking about things like that and how difficult was that at the start to open up and work through it and have you continued to do it I think the hardest thing is the start because and and, you know I I still you know I think and understanding it really well you know we're all different we've all got quirks we've all got you know some people my wife puts the tins in the cupboard and has to have the labels all facing out do you know what I mean <laughs> sounds like you've got a good woman there to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> to me that's mad but coming from me that's not really a fair judgment is it so, <laughs> but we all have quirks and we all have different ways and there's different levels and, and, and ultimately you know my my issue is, is anxiety and, and that just was exacerbated by stress yeah and i had wrong coping mechanisms that's all it is mm. and it's as as i know when you were talking to the guy from log Finco, it's an imbalance yeah and, and it's just trying to get that balance right and once you've if you can just get that balance at least close to right your whole life will change yeah that's so it just and now i don't care i'll just say it i'll talk to anyone I, you know, um, <laughs> that's why you're talking I'll to us. Tell, <laughs> yeah, but I'll just say how it is. You yeah. know, if if you're not feeling good, then 
talk about it because it someone out of every chance that the person you're talking to has either been there or is there themselves. Yeah, definitely. Well, the amount of people now with, I think, you know, there's different things like you were saying, like, you know, job and lifestyle stress was happening i think there's even more of it in the world now because of stuff like social media and stuff as great as it is and as much as we all use it all there's so many people that their whole life revolves around their social media presence and also you're you're trying it also it kind of makes you feel like you've got to compete like everybody that you see on instagram or something like they seem to portray this perfect life and that can then also make you more anxious like well why why am i not like that you know And, and it can be yeah, it can be really negative, actually. So I think you do need time off from it. You do, you do. But and you know, part when I when I was really when I was really unwell, there was you know there was a period where I I probably should have had a couple of years off. But it was quite interesting that a friend of mine actually said to me a couple of years ago. He says um, he said, "Well, my life's not not perfect, but I don't put the bad stuff on Facebook." Yeah, and and I thought, well, that, but that's not a true reflection of yourself, is it? No. Yeah. No, I you think know, that's the thing. That is the thing that everyone does. No, Nobody wants to share the bad stuff, and I think more I think people need to. Yeah, well, I think that's what you've been doing recently, haven't you? You've been saying how it is on there and, you know, the fact that that you've had struggles and things like that. And like you said, by talking about it, you can talk to someone who is going through it or has been through it, and they will relate, and it will actually make them feel better knowing that they're not alone going through something yeah, like that. The, I think the first time I mentioned it on Facebook, I had – Three people that I knew locally that I wasn't close friends with, there were, you know, friends of friends or people that I knew that all messaged me and said, I know exactly what you're talking about. If you want to talk, ring me anytime, 24-7, and gave me their phone numbers. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. And I, and I was blown away straight away because they, they, they had been through things or had or were going through things. And they've been through that first stage, you know, of talking about it and and being able to say, yeah, I'm struggling. I think that's the very, that's the difficult thing. Like, like you're saying, like the log thing, when we were talking to him and it is that thing, a lot of, a lot of men have it. And I suppose women have it as well. But I know speaking from like personal experience, a lot of men have it with that. I'm a man. I, I shouldn't be feeling like this. I, you know, I shouldn't have these feelings. I shouldn't be talking about stuff, you know, like, that sort of British stiff upper lip, I'm a man sort of thing. And it's, it's, it works well, bullshit basically, isn't it? It's just, you've just got to start talking. And, and start as you anywhere. said, like, as soon, as soon as you started talking about it, it then became a lot easier and, and you started to move through it. So once you, how long did that period last for like, of you being unhappy and then getting to the point where you change your job and like how long was that um i don't know i guess it's a, it's an ongoing thing really for a couple of years so i was in my last job for what for three about three and a half years um probably the last year of that i was i was kind of pretty settled really but as i've as i've mentioned i've I stopped drinking nearly two months ago and that's that's made a huge difference as well yeah, yeah. just just Again, routine, you know, um, admiration for those guys that can go out on a Saturday night and have three pints. That's cool. That's great. I, I seem to be stuck. If I get into a routine and it's there, it's too easy to just say yes. So it's easier for me just to go, do you know what? I won't have it. Yeah. Yeah. And see how it goes. And that's made a massive difference. So if anyone out there is struggling at all and uh, wondering what they can do to give it a go, try not try not having any beers for a couple of months. It might, might be the difference you need. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So what was the, what was the difference? So after that period of your life, how has your life 
has your life changed since getting back in the ocean? And if it has, how and what have been the positive effects of that? I guess that you've got a lot of the, the the stuff, the obvious stuff, haven't you? That you're just doing exercise is, is it has a huge impact on on your brain and on your body and everything else. Um, trouble is, who really, really enjoys going running all the time? <laughs> the guy next you know, to me yeah. likes running. He's an idiot. Oh. <laughs> I can't stand you know, it. I'll do it, and if I if I can if I can really be bothered, I'll do it. And and after after a mile or two, when I'm fit enough, it's all right for a bit. But I, I it's not the same as doing something fun. No, it, I'm, I must admit, no, it's not. I mean, the only reason that I got into it uh, quite like a few years ago. I, I really really got into running, joined join a local running club and stuff like that. But um, but it was the running club that kept you going, and because there was a yeah. social scene around it, you know, and and that's really. You go to races together, and and there was like um, he just wanted some new friends, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, and so that, that's what kind of spurred me on with running. I mean, no, I must admit it, it is difficult when it's pissing down with rain and it's the winter, and you think, oh, I could really, you know, well, need to get a run done this week, you know. Well, a, a mate of mine's a very good runner, and he said to me when I was right back when I was sort of like, right, I need to do something about this, I need to start trying to do something, and he said to me, it doesn't matter how good. A runner you are, how you know how dedicated you are. I so said, getting out the door is the hardest part. Once you're out the door, you're out. Yeah, you're once you're out the door, you've done the run. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely I was, right. Yeah. yeah, I was listening to a um, podcast. This is called the Huberman Podcast, and um, really interesting about like dopamine levels in your brain and how it affects your everything from addiction to like exercise and how you can trick the brain into doing different bits and pieces and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting concept to, to people. Some people will hate exercise, but you can do things to make your brain think you enjoy exercise and stuff like that. And it's um, it's a really interesting podcast that I'll put a link to on this uh, on this episode actually. But yeah, we'll stick it in the I'm, show notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm into any kind of cheating when it comes to doing exercise. It's, it's, thing, it's really, it goes really in depth. He's a neuroscientist and um, uh, I think it's at Stanford uh, University in America. And he's, uh, he's just mind blowing the way he works everything out and tells you how, how things work. And you're listening to it and he, he does that thing, you know, sort of like Brian Cox does, explain science in such a way that the average person can go, Oh yeah, that makes sense actually. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's mind blowing this the the some of the his episodes on there. But yeah, it's a life hack. Yeah, it is a life hack. <laughs> Just to go back to your point about the running club, really one of one of the big things for me was that obviously it was my mates that were desperately trying to get me back into the water. Um, so so part of it was was sort of that social side, but as part of the issues that I had with anxiety, the the thought of being around the group of people that I used to spend all that time with at the beach, be it just surfing or at contests, that I, I couldn't face that. I just couldn't. I don't know that I had a mental block that I was just embarrassed. I was embarrassed to even think that to be around those people, really, you know, um, which I knew was stupid, but at the same time, I, I couldn't help but feel like that. Yeah. So. I, again, I, I had to grow a pair and just go, do you know what, just go surfing and stop worrying about it. Yeah. So what now you're back surfing, or what, what does it feel like now? Have you, you've got that passion and that love back for surfing again? Yeah, I'd like some waves, to be honest. <laughs> this weekend, um, Yeah, it? this weekend's coming, yes. isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, we get to share it with uh, the whole of southern England, I expect. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
No, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I was frothing for it. I once, once I got back in and had a couple of surfs where I surfed okay, and I wasn't thinking I was going to drown every paddle out. Yeah. Um, I, I was okay, and and I thought actually I can, I you know I can surf. Every other wave was average, which was a lot better than I expected. Um, and I'd been working a manual job, so my back had improved, my you know, and, and my body was starting to feel stronger again because I wasn't sat on my backside all day. And that all started to come together. And I thought, actually, you know, there is scope here. Yeah. And I, th- I thought, I'm not going to put pressure on myself. I'm not going to go and train like mad. I'm not, you know, I've, st- I've got a family. Yeah. I've got a job to do. I've got a life. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go mad. But it's just steady, see how it goes. And, um, yeah, and then getting to see everyone again. You know, you forget how many friends you've you've missed. You know, my... <laughs> I've got friends whose kids are now teenagers and I remember them as tiny, tiny yeah. little one-year-olds and stuff, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. You can't be surfing. You're one. <laughs> yeah. That sort of, that yeah. sort of thing is. Well, Luke, look at Luke. Last time, last time I saw Lucas Skinner was, he was one. And then last weekend I was surfing with him in a contest. Jeez, yeah, and he's, he's not awesome. that bad, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he gets by. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah, yeah. seen video footage surfing at the Bristol Wave, and he's pulling airs at, yeah, the, at the Bristol Wave. Mad. Oh, easy. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he's amazing. I watched him at the English, and yeah, he's unreal, and he's a lovely lad as well. Yeah, Brilliant little yeah. lad. So, um, yeah, bright future. Yeah, bright future. Ahead. You say you say got back into surfing, and you know I was getting some average waves. I saw the photos and some of the pictures and video on Instagram of your average wave. Your average wave to me is like fucking hell. Look at that guy. <laughs> like yeah, the best of... ones, though. I don't share the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. well, well, we only share... oh, I'm going to use that. We only share the bad ones of us. That's what it is. <laughs> like, like, that's what you're getting wrong. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because I haven't got any good ones. That's what I... <laughs> um, but... Well, that, that that came about by accident because I um I signed up um for Surfline on the free trial um, because my uh, friend of mine showed me this cam, his cam rewind of a wave at Puttsburgh. And he said, oh, can you have a look at this? He wanted a couple of tips. So I was like, I didn't know you could do that. I went and had a look. He said, oh, you've got to be a member. So I said, okay. So I signed up for the free trial and then I forgot to cancel it. And I thought, oh, so they'll only take a month out. And they took a year out. So I thought, well, they've rinsed me. I'm going to rinse them. <laughs> well, too right. Because I know I posted a, um, a, a little video of my terrible cross step that i did a while ago where it was absolutely awful but you sent a message and said you know if you want any tips that's uh you're yeah, yeah. happy to do that but i've seen on your on your website as well that you're going to be doing consulting as well for people well it's it's something that i've i've uh, it's something that i've sort of it's sort of a plan for the future potentially it's something that i want to i want to just it's not really a money-making thing it's not something you know ultimately you know, it's never going to make me rich anyway. But I think there's a lot of people out there that, that they don't want to go to a surf school. Yeah. Um, and I'm not knocking surf schools. I know a lot of guys that work at surf schools. I've got a lot of friends that work at surf schools and they do a fantastic, most of them do a fantastic job. And most of the ones that didn't do a fantastic job, fortunately, have disappeared nowadays. Yeah. But they don't, this, this is going to sound really bad. A lot of surf schools teach intermediate and advanced surfing with, Below level intermediate surfers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, all, I know. I know exactly all, what you mean by that. Yeah. You know, and there's guys that want lessons or would like some 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 coaching or 
advice from people that are better than they are. So they're not going to pay for someone who's not as good a surfer as they are, you know, and it's not cheap. It's not cheap. So there's big scope for the surf schools. That's fantastic. And you can learn a lot. You can come from beginner up to an intermediate and do all of that probably a lot quicker than you, you would do any other way. But the, but in this country, um, compared to a lot of countries in the world, we have got a huge number of intermediates. Yeah. Yeah, um, and some of those have ridden longboards for for maybe ten years and don't feel like they've ever improved. Preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, you know, I I I learned when I was a teenager from watching videos and then from being away at contests and talking to guys to to the top pros and surfing with them and and learning little tweaks and how they did things and. That was what I did with my weekends, you know. Yeah, so you've got a lot of knowledge around learning to surf and getting better at surfing and improving then. Kind of shortcuts in a way, you know. Yes, it is. Yes, you have got to repeat what it is that you're learning. And with surfing, obviously, being a slow learning curve, the the repetition is is difficult, especially when everywhere's different, things like that. You know, I did spend hours and hours and hours in the sea repeating these things. Yeah. But they can be learned if you've got the right steps in place to start with. Um, so I, I just want, you know, I'm just looking at working with a few people. Um, there's some people have, have offered other services in, in exchange, you know, and things like that. So there's, there's lots of scope for it. I just want to see how, how it works for people and how responsive people are to it really. Um, unfortunately with the run of waves we've had, I've not actually been able to do anything. Um, <laughs> it's been bloody awful, hasn't it? it has. But I know you, you sent, you sent on that, on that little video, going back to what I was saying about that little cross-step video, I think you said to me, yeah, you just need to lean forwards a bit more when you're walking forwards. And I did that, and instantly it was just like, bang, oh, right, that works. Like, yeah. Yeah. It can be, and that's the thing, is, you know, I, someone who's, who's watched enough surfing, watched enough um, competitive surfing as well, because you're watching a lot of high-level surfing, you can see technique. And if, if someone was to post a video up, it, it's actually fairly easy to sort of put a couple of things right. The problem being that if you put a video up on Facebook or YouTube, there's 10 million experts out there. Yeah, yeah that's true. Who are more than ready to tell you what you're doing right. What you're doing right or what you're doing wrong, sorry. Yeah. So all I want to do is actually work with individuals who want to improve specific areas and and put my experience their way and, and see if it works for them really so is that up and running now have you have you launched that no not as not as such um it's only very much um on at the moment i'm, I'm just on a casual casual thing talking with a few people locally to see what i could do um to help them um and see how responsive they are to it you know if it if it if it works um, and they feel that there's scope for it, then I will go into it perhaps a bit more in the, in the next couple of years. But I am looking to put some videos together just on those basic stepping stones to get those basic things um, working for people so it's easier for me to explain to them. That's something I want to work on as well. In the yeah, definitely. That's going to be really, really useful, um, especially for UK surfers because obviously you are one and stuff. But me and Pete will definitely take you up on like we'll come down and you know and uh like pay yeah, you and stuff to, to to give us a hand because I, f- I feel like we're kind of stuck a little bit so right well this then comes into a very difficult situation because living in north devon all of our beaches are privately owned and if you don't have a license you can't teach on a beach oh what 
that's mad. But you can go sur- you can go surfing with someone. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So we'll, have, we'll we'll have to go surfing together and then yeah, <laughs> talk, talk about it before and afterwards. I just I just cut all this bit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we we can go surfing and chat about it. That's you know that basically that's where I'm at with a few people at the moment. Yeah, do that, and then if if that works and and the the things I put in place work for them, then cool. Then there's scope for me to do something more moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's definitely. So I know uh, when I was um, saw you posting something the other week about like sponsorship and the cost of like competing and stuff like that again. Yeah. What sort of costs are they? Because you know I think most people out there like me thought, well, you just go along and enter a competition and that's it. Yeah. You know, uh, you don't really give it much more thought than that. No. Well, you know, you don't. And to be honest, being not being not having done it for so long, I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, to be fair, when when there were quite a few of us sort of in our mid late teens going to contests normally it involved turning up on the friday night getting smashed sleeping in on the car park floor <laughs> throwing up going going surfing all day and then repeating it again the saturday night and the sunday but could you, you know, imagine trying to do that now? i was gonna say you don't oh. fancy doing that anymore <laughs> it's just feels horrible yeah especially now i've not been drinking it wouldn't take many and yeah i'd be the, the thing is, back then though, you could do that and and be fine and perform, and it'd be fine. If you did that now, like if I if I drank now to the point where I was smashed, I, I think it'd take me about two weeks to get over it. <laughs> I can't do I can't do it. I can't do anything with a hangover. That was part of the reason I had to give up. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, with, with contests. So, so one of the first things that came up before I came back was I looked. There was a there was a British Longboard Union event at Saunton, and it was the first contest that I looked at and thought, I'm not quite there i'm not quite ready uh, i don't feel comfortable turning up and putting a rash vest on even though it's at home so i went down and watched a bit and i looked at entry fees and things like that and, and i spoke to i had a chat with the guys that were there and there weren't many there there was low numbers at, the, at this contest and i was it was a bit of a shame really and that was when ben skinner had just come back from new york i think um from the world so i obviously hadn't seen him for donkey's years so we're, it was nice to sort of catch and chat with him chat with him and a few of the others but i ended it up and it was 60 quid to enter two divisions yeah and and there was no prize money yeah and and i suppose and if you're traveling around as well it's the cost of the fuel and the the, the place you stay in well i actually wrote a letter to the uh, to, to sam bleakley who was the surface representative um, it was obviously pre-COVID, so this was the, just before the season I was planning on on having a crack again. And I said, look, you know, it's no wonder the numbers are so low. People can't people can't justify paying sixty quid per event, and they're not going to win anything. You know, there's no chance of winning anything anyway. So I've since sort of looked into it a bit further, and most surf contests now, really, to have any chance of getting any real media coverage or appeal to the masses they have live scoring right uh i don't know if you saw there was the live scoring at the english so you had it on an app on your phone right okay yeah so you had an app you could see live score it had all the schedule and everything else yeah um the blu event uses a slightly different system but they have live scoring as well that live scoring generally speaking is a paid license that somebody or a company will have that they charge the event to use oh, right jesus yeah, yeah so. so they they have all the they they lease all the kit they turn up with all the kit they lease the kit they charge for the for the um service and they manage it on site for the weekend 
So they've got that. They have to pay their judges. If their judges have a certain level qualification, they have to pay them more. Those judges used to just get, it used to be just like, oh, 60 quid for coming down the beach and I'll buy you a couple of beers in the evening. Yeah. Now they get paid fairly well. They get paid a day's wage, but they also get fed throughout the weekend. They often get somewhere to stay. Not always, but often get somewhere to stay. There's obviously increased cost, but at the same time, they want to bring the level of the judging up and that's a way they want to do that. Mm -hmm. So they've got those costs to be incurred, which means the it sort of it it shrinks that entry fee money down um, and there's not enough in the pot to pay for all these things to try and get the 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 coverage that they want to bring surfing up a level if you like yeah yeah so the sponsors that come in 99 percent of those sponsors now aren't surf brands yeah they are either a group of companies locally who all put a little bit in between them to help cover but the major of the English was covered by the, was it the Caravan and the yeah, Caravan and Caravan. Motorhome Club or something. Yeah, that's, I it. that's that. the one. That's for, what, that, what's the relevance of that? Yeah. Well, the Boardmasters was was sponsored by Goodrich Tires. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and they're, they're, the surfing's having to go to these events to to get that coverage. I mean, as a just, sorry to go back to the main point, if you if you were going to an event in this country, I've worked out there's about 120 pounds per event if you don't drink, and if you don't eat out. Yeah. That's just, it's, well, that's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, you can't... When you're kind of limiting, you're limiting the amount of surface that can go because that's not possible for a lot of and people. And that's, that's without accommodation. Yeah. 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 And yeah, no, obviously then it's not always going to be at your local, is it? So you've got to travel around no. to be able to get yourself noticed. So yeah, it, it does get very expensive and, and that's going to be without the travel costs as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think when it, the, the British Longwood Union event last weekend actually had a, a really big turnout, which was great. It was fantastic. And they managed to have prize money, which was brilliant. Yeah. But they, they're so reliant on their sponsors. And I just think it's really bad that the surfing industry, and this isn't aimed at UK brands, this is aimed at surfing industry as a whole, put nothing back into grassroots. Well, do, you, do you think that might change now because of uh, surfing in the Olympics? I mean, that seems to be where it goes, isn't it? As soon as that that's um, got some kind of world stage, then they do start doing things like that. But but do you think that will happen for surfing? Honestly, no. Um, I think the money from that will be that there's there is money going into coaching for some of the youngsters now, which is great. I think that there may be events at places like the Wave that might get good coverage because it's it's easier to get those banners seen and things like that. But if the problem is there's events at the beach. You can't guarantee that it's going to be sunny and no wind and perfect waves and that 5,000 people are going to turn up and watch. If it's a horrible rainy day at Parenpulse, you're not going to get many people turn up to watch when they can't even see the surfers. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's with the wave. That is where things could change slightly because you can guarantee the yes. waves mm. and you know you can within reason the you can, you, well you can see the surface anyway and even if it's raining you know it's not like there's enough shelter there and there's um, you know use an umbrella or whatever you you're going to be all right and there's a cafe and everything there so why don't they put why don't they put a roof on it oh uh, that's true yeah i never thought about that actually well, <laughs> uh, well you imagine the cost of the place how much it was i bet the cost of adding a roof to that would be astronomical it, it was it was 20 26 million i think for the whole place and i've recently learned that that is actually not 
like all, all on to the actual um, waveguarding technology. I think the waveguarding technology was like three to four million. So it, it was the whole place, you know, it was the majority of the cost was everything else, which instantly yeah. made me think like, if you won the lottery, <laughs> you could have a waveguarding <laughs> for three million quid. Oh, and you could put a roof on it and put floodlights in it and you could run it for an extra eight hours a day. Uh, I mean, yeah, I must, I must admit, um, cause I, I don't think there is floodlights there. Is there, is it floodlit? No, because no. I've noticed the times of the sessions. Um, I think when, we were, chatting, down, when we were chatting to Nick, he said you have, they have to stop by a certain time because of the, they're not allowed to make noise after a certain time around there because of yeah, but in land. the oh, there's the cows <laughs> yeah. something like that. But in in the summer you can you can get on like a later session, and in the winter you can't. It's gone down to like five o'clock now, so oh, it yeah. must have something to do with with yeah. the, the nights drawing in. Maybe it's not floodlit or whatever. I don't know. Oh, we were just talking about it when we went there. We were saying if you were to put a roof on it with floodlights, and you could also, if it had sides, it was completely enclosed, so indoors. Yeah, you could have fans running. It could be offshore every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, you could make it. You could be surfing in board shorts. I mean, I that's, well, because, that's the other thing because it gets do, bloody. T- have you been in the winter yet? I went. Um, when did we go? I think we went in. It was yeah. We caught. I mean, it was. I think it was ten or eleven when we went. Yeah, yeah. That's. And I surfed. I surfed the day before actually, um, <laughs> randomly, <laughs> and it made feel like Barbados. <laughs> That's difficult to not, do. Not visually, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we went and it was, was it four degrees or something like that? No, no, uh, yeah, I think it the water was, was four degrees. It, yeah, it was one of those ones when, you know, when you sat there, because obviously you're in that queue and you have to wait, and my feet had gone completely numb. And I was just, I went to stand up on the board and it, it just, well, I had nothing. I had nothing there. My foot just was just asleep. And I was like, this is no fun. Personally, I wouldn't want to pay for that experience. Yeah, I, th- I think, <laughs> they're, I like think they're, gonna, I think they're on about closing in January to do all their maintenance and everything, which will make sense because it's so bloody cold there then mm. that you, it's just, yeah. you know, unbearable. Yeah. So with the, the sidetrack that we went off on there, totally, you know, from away, from, away from sponsors <laughs> and stuff like that. How difficult is it to get sponsorship now in the in the UK? Then is, is that something you found difficult? I guess, well, things are obviously very different now. I guess, like like I'm saying with with surf contests, it's quite interesting that uh, surf brands don't really, like I say, put money in. You know, distributors do um, and shops do. They'll put what in what they can afford, but obviously, it's not a great great time for them. Um, but the big brands, all they're interested in doing is getting their their quickest return possible. So, guys like Lucas. Um, and you know the the top guys for the next sort of ten years above him, they'll all be getting deals because they're they're getting shots in the mags and they're they're high priority. But outside of that, I think actually the majority of the people interested in backing surfing, whether it be surfers or events, are people that want to diversify uh, their business and want to break into new markets. Yeah, uh, which is something that surfing surfing's never been that clever really uh, in the past. But it's sort of starting to realise now. Actually, using its appeal, there's no reason why any brand can't represent. I mean, the European Longboard Championships in France was sponsored by Orange back in the day, and they were the, they were the only real sponsor for it, and that was years ago. But no one really sort of twigged onto that idea. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's mad because like the the amount of money that sponsors could actually get a return on by sponsoring surfing, and they just seem to, as you said, just seem to have totally missed it and just gone. 
oh well, you know, it's just, especially within the UK. And I don't know if that is because of like, like we were saying, you know, the unpredictability of the weather and the waves. And, you know, you could put the amount of times we've seen contests on and then last minute, oh, it's cancelled because the forecast is uh, yeah. crap. But how do you, I mean, how, how, do you, how can you put a business proposal together to a brand for a surf contest when you don't know how many people are going to follow the scores, you don't know how many people are going to come to the beach, you don't know how many entrants there are going to be until five days before. Yeah. It's really hard to actually put a business proposal to someone to back an event. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's done a lot of it's done on faith and and that kind of leading on to sponsorship for people. I mean I I, I didn't even think about it when I when I when I was surfing again. I didn't even think that was ever something that I'd even consider, you know, I was just thought I'll just go and buy a board and a wetsuit and doesn't really matter what it is but i did actually someone said to me you know he said oh if you want some boards i'll, I'll i can do them trade for you sort of thing and i was like okay cool you know anyway as it turned out they couldn't get any boards so <laughs> <laughs> because there was no there was no stock so that went out the window so i did go back to um richard and tara who are the distributors for surf tech in the uk who had been looking after me before and without even questioning it they said yep yeah, yep yeah, no problem of course we will that's amazing. brilliant uh, yeah and i can't thank them enough they um, did an amazing amazing job and there was never a question asked they gave me everything i needed so i wrote for them again for, for I don't know, a year or so and then i wasn't that happy with being stuck on 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 one sort of construction that i wasn't fully confident in yeah um, the, the construction changed, and I wasn't totally confident in the new construction. I thought I, 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 I'm I'm too old to be trying to promote something I'm not 100 percent about. Yeah, yeah. So I thought rather than having doubts in the back of my mind, I'll just um, I'll just see see what happens. So you know, I thank them, and uh, and and now I'm Glenn at Surf Doubts looking after me very very well. But I'm I wanted to be riding Thunderbolts because all the top guys in the UK are riding Thunderbolts, and I trust them. Yeah, you know these guys surf well. They don't ride them just because they're um, they look pretty. Yeah, so I've seen you've um, that you've used the the is it the peacemaker pacemaker peacemaker and the, yeah I've, I've used three or four models so far. Yeah, and the um, oh what's the other one? the cherry picker as well. Yeah, that's one of yeah. But they're both Ben's models. Yeah, yeah, both of them look very nice boards. Yeah, uh, to be fair, I haven't ridden a bad Thunderbolt. <laughs> they're all they're all really good boards it's yeah the 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 cherry picker is so sort of strange in many ways but it works yeah. it goes um i've ridden i rode a cj nelson model one day and i couldn't wait to get the cherry picker back and i thought i was going to love the cj nelson all uh, right that's so, interesting what, that's what a, is it about it then what what's the the board yeah just the board um, I mean, the nose riding ability that comes from the, the, the flick in the tail is, is unreal. You, I mean, you can just stay there and for as long as you like, and it, and it will just lock in and hold. Oh. So it doesn't really matter how steep. I mean, you know, I'm surfing an 11-inch fin, I think, in it. Yeah. Um, which is the, the board that Ben recommends with it. But it doesn't matter how steep it gets. It, it won't drop out. And and if you outrun the section while still on the nose, it will still lift. It will still stay there and gives you extra time to get back. Oh man, it's that it's is, cheating. Is that the? Is, is that, <laughs> I was going to say I want one. Is that the? Um, is yeah. that the board that you're using in competitions then? In small waves. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah. how 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 do you feel in competitions? Are you happy to be back and, and competing and uh, you're loving it again? Uh, yeah, there's definitely the, uh, the thing that I've sort of learned is that my head is in a better place for competing. There's I'm not putting the the silly pressure on myself because I I don't re- in many ways I don't really care. Um, I'm there for me. I'm there because I want to improve. I I I feel in my head that. I've got the ability to surf better than I ever have before. Yeah. I think that comes with age and experience though, doesn't it? As well? Exactly. hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, definitely. And it's nothing to, and it's just whether I can get my body to do what my mind thinks it can do, which we'll see. Um, but I've, I've, yeah, I think I've got the head for it now. Yeah. I think I've got the head for, for the competitive approach. And when you look at surfing, a lot of, uh, a lot of competitors have their best years when they're in their, in their later years, especially in longboarding. So, um, yeah, I feel, I feel confident. Um, I know I'm a long way away, especially when it comes to consistency, but I didn't, I didn't surf with anyone in the last, in the last couple of contests that I didn't think that in time I'll be able to match. That's a nice thought. That's a nice feeling a bit. Yeah. That's not what, that's not how I felt thought I would feel after doing them. <laughs> no, no. Oh, great, isn't it? What, what a positive thought to have when you're, when you're being out in the water competing. Yeah, I was something else I was going to say on the uh, side of like sponsors and that. Could you see it going in the way of sort of like affiliate marketing, the way that works? Whereas like surfers now would a brand would sign a surfer and say, if you can sell, you know, do you know what I'm trying to go to? Like if you can sell this much or if this much item of your yeah. clothing smells, we'll pay you. Uh, smells sells <laughs> so this much item of your clothing sells, we'll pay you this much. That would be uh, my, clo- my clothing smells because I've just got home from work. <laughs> my clothing smells because I'm just dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Bristol air, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> it's too close to the wave. Um, yeah no so so yeah going back to yeah that and what you were saying before with the way sponsorship changed i mean back back in the day when you were a junior a a shop or a brand or would just want the local community to see their wetsuit their board their whatever being used and get it out to as many people as possible so they'd give the young the the young lads right okay here's a couple of suits a season off you go and that was about it really Mm. now it's different. That's why you have the term brand ambassadors and, and, and all the rest of it. Ultimately, it's sort of working with the brand, really. You're, you're an extension of a, of a sales person. You're getting their brand out there, which is why I very much only really believe in I want to use products that I believe in. I wouldn't, why do I wouldn't want to use something that I wouldn't sell to someone? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, we can get that. People we've been approached by since doing just, you know, since doing this podcast and it's like, do you, would you be interested in like selling this or advertising this? Or, and we're like, nah, not in, you know, no interest in some of that stuff. Have Love Honey rung yet? Uh, well, I've got them on speed dial. So, you know, well, my, my mate's right into Love Honey. So let me know if you do. <laughs> Well, Ashley, we really appreciate you you coming on. Um, just just before you go, have you got any competitions um, that you that you booked into, or like what have you got coming up for the future? So we've got uh, this weekend, Polzeth, um, Christian Surfers UK do their longboard event, longboard event down there. It's a brilliant event. Um, that one's pretty reasonable to enter, and they look after you, they feed you, and um, yeah, good event, good feeling. Uh, so looking forward to that either way not to you know whatever happens and the masters is over 35s which is good so um 
I get to enter the the old kits category. <laughs> Whereas elsewhere it's forty. So, um, and the weekend after is the hopefully the rescheduled BLU that was supposed to be at Fistral last week. Right. That got cancelled because the forecast was for basically a, a hurricane, and it was the, the the other way around from the Michael Fish scenario. We didn't <laughs> yeah. actually get one. Yes, yeah, yes, it happens, doesn't it? And then. And then there is one in Wales at Rest Bay for the British Longboard Union, but my, the due date for uh, for our baby is the 22nd of November, so I don't think I'll be going to Wales. Uh, well, congratulations on the baby. Thank you. So yeah. um, if anyone wants to out there find you or, you know, sponsor, sponsor you, you <laughs> yeah, where, where's the best place for them to find you online? However, I, my, uh, my website's up and running as much as it is basic. I am working on that. Sorry, I'm not uh, I'm an expert, but I've been very lucky. I've got a lot of people offering to help. So hopefully, so through my website, ashleybraunson.com or any of the social media. Oh, yeah, not Facebook because I've been banned from Facebook again. <laughs> oh, what have you been banned for? I put a picture up. It was in context. There was nothing wrong with that. I put a picture up and it had a boob in it and they, they banned me for 30 days. Oh, what? what can you do? Right, uh, well, here's one for you. A, a group of sea swimmers that go to Westwood Ho mentioned Westwood Ho in a, <laughs> a, a post and they got banned. No way. Oh, it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? It was quite nice the other day when it all went down for like six hours. It yeah, was it was bloody nice. peaceful. For a... <laughs> it let me back in briefly as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then very, very quickly, the last couple of things before you go, I've got some yeah. quick fire questions that I normally ask. First of all, if you could only surf one place for the rest of your life, where would that be? At home, minus the people. <laughs> like some people some people at home in september at home in september yeah nice time of year nice yeah. time of year and then if you could only take one board with you anywhere you were going to surf where would that what board would that be oh progressive mal yeah nice yeah but i might need more than one because i'd probably snap it <laughs> all right on that one then one of the other questions on there was and can you remember what your biggest wipeout you've ever had was i can't really know um, well, is that because mm, it was that the, bad? <laughs> you can't well, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I am wondering that. Yeah, the, there's the too much salt water on the brain. No, there was <laughs> there was one situation. So when I when I hadn't been surfing for a long time, uh, sorry, I'll try and make this short. But I hadn't been surfing for a long time. Uh, it was during the time that I was doing that job, but it was just before I sort of stopped surfing. So I hadn't surfed a lot for about two or three years. And some mates of mine said, "We're going to do a trip to the Maldives." who's in and i was like i'm getting married in a couple of years i might never get this chance again yeah. so i was like i went home and said i'm going to the maldives which went down really well as <laughs> and i'm going um, without you <laughs> yeah so off we go going to the maldives i've been surfing like twice in the previous six months i was like yeah, yeah yeah it'll be all right and then i had a i had a brand new uh shortboard which actually was was from surf tech an amazing board one of those that you should never sell and we were at jails and it was quite busy building swell i was sort of down the end just trying to pick a couple off and the solid solid double overhead set came through and i was desperately trying to get away so i duck dive the first set and then another set came pretty soon after and i went to go on one changed my mind and went over the falls riding the pony oh no <laughs> if you don't know what that means i was sat on my board going uh, over the falls Leighton, Leighton did that in uh Putzburg, but went over the falls riding the pony backwards <laughs> it's hilarious it's the funniest thing i've ever seen yeah, yeah. does that get extra points i don't know but, um so i went over the falls 
got a kick in, snapped my leash, board ended up on the reef, and then I got caught by another couple of sets without a, without a board. Um, obviously, no wetsuit on, so no flotation. So I was out of shape. I'd had a kick in, and then it took me 20 minutes to swim to the boat. Oh, oh no. nightmare. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably a bad, that good class is a bad one. Yeah. That's, wor- yeah. that's worse than your putts, one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Any, any wipeout of putts is never a good one, though. No, that that's right. Actually, yeah, we, we always have quite... <laughs> We've said this before, but the, play, the place terrifies me. Every t- I don't know what it is, but every time we go there, something happens. Like, we've had... My friend's dislocated his knee there. Um, the guy when we were there got his face cut open by I don't know what part of the board hit him, but yeah. it was like it was like hammering out blood everywhere. Yeah. My leash has snapped. Leighton's gone over the falls backwards. Yeah, and uh, that, that's where I had my what I had experienced is like my first ever hold down really, and it's probably only the end oh, of the yeah. water for you know, like four seconds or something like that. But when it's four seconds and you can't get up no matter no matter how much you try. That may as well be four minutes, you know. It's bloody and, terrible, and, and it's cost you twenty quid to park for an hour as well. well that's so right. That yeah, oh, no, yeah. Don't, don't get us going on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you don't want to get me going on. I, I, want to, I want to get you. I should have got you going on the Saunton one that I uh, I saw you post about the car park. Yeah, oh, they lo- they love me down there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is really bad. It is, is it? So, you know, because yeah. it's well. No, I won't say. It. I won't say. It. No, I was going to say. say it. It. I don't say it. <laughs> I was going to say we go somewhere else because the parking's cheaper, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say that either. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we've got we've got a season ticket, but uh, they're just let's just hope they stay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for that, Ashley. I can say it, like I say every time, a lovely guy. <laughs> yeah, he is a nice guy, actually. Yeah, and uh, well, it's a good story of like, well, it's, it's it's a comeback story. I yeah. felt like there should have been a uh, rocky music in the background. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where he's, you know, he's stopped surfing for quite a number of years, and he's come back into competing. And like he was saying, the struggles it is now. Like, I can't believe the cost of like competitions yeah, yeah, of how much he worked out just yeah, to, just like, to do one competition, one hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, and then like he said, there's no prize money or anything. You know, like it's yeah, almost like I don't want to say what's the point. But what is the point? <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, pay out 120 quid for no, no, no reason. Yeah, because yeah. you, you, you're going to enter a competition to obviously win and then get your name out there as well. So, you know, 120 paying for that is, yeah, seems a bit ridiculous. But he did explain why it is so expensive now. So, you know, what are you meant to yeah. do? So, yeah, if. It'd be great if you got some sponsorship to to help him. Go and check him out on his website, and go and check him out on Instagram. He's on there. He's not on Facebook because he got banned, like he said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, his Instagram and his he's got quite a good blog on his website with things that he's doing, things he's been on. He's very honest places. as well. With um, very honest, yeah, yeah. With his mental health and things like that, and struggles he's been through. Very, very honest. So yeah. So the codes for North Core. The code for North Core has now changed to SS. 2021 that is SS2021 and that is valid till the 31st of December and that will get you 15% off anything you order from Northcore or you can go over to Logfinco and get 10% off anything you purchase there by using the discount code 
the UK Surf Show 10. And don't forget that one for Kosin, our show sponsors today. Again, is UK Surf 10. Okay, yeah, while, while we're on that, um, a few people have been asking about how they can support the show. Obviously, the show's free and you get it on any of your podcast providers. Um, which has been really nice for people to say that. So we put out a post on Instagram on how you can support the show. Um, and it's just a little video showing you where you can go on our website to support the show. And it's it doesn't cost, doesn't cost you any money. It's basically uh, an affiliate program to help us out. So, for instance, if you were going to surf at the Wave, if you went to our website and clicked on the menu as a drop-down menu that will say support the show and you can follow the link to book your session at the wave and um, there's just a percentage of that comes to us uh, to help support the show there's a few others on there as well uh, yeah there's a few others on the website like Leighton just said so you can buy us a coffee uh, which is just a app on there and you can donate to the show you can buy something from our shop you know stickers we've got in there and i've just been talking to a man about some t-shirts yeah that'd be good <laughs> um yeah uh, like Leighton said book the bristol wave if you book through our website we've got the pop-up pro on there and we've got some other affiliate programs which are all listed on that page so yeah anything of that helps towards running the cost of the show the hosting of the website the equipment we have to buy you know new wires new microphones all, all sorts of stuff like that which um some of it doesn't come cheap no no <laughs> but it's really nice people inquiring on how they could help so that's why we sorted that out didn't we yes yes yeah and we would really appreciate it so yeah that's it for today's show yeah don't forget to go and check out those places we've provided the discount codes for and some really good things on there logfins northcore and cosin yep and our next episode is the anatomy of a surfer part one Ooh. it's a two-part because it's a long one but yeah, and yeah, well, that would it would be obvious because you said part one. <laughs> you don't need to then go on and go. It's a two part. Oh yeah. <laughs> See you later. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>